Hello, it's me. I've got this little safety net. I've got a couple other safety nets. And apparently no way to, to record the show, which is the main reason of doing what I'm doing is to uh record the show. So, hmm. So now I'm left with the, the dilemma. Uh, how to record the show while the, the, right? The show is in progress, as far as I'm concerned. As far as I'm concerned, this should be part of the show. And it's not, it's not part of the show. And you know why it's not part of the show? Because we're not officially recording the show. It's ridiculous. Every time I think I've simplified things, trust me, I haven't simplified things. The fact that I at one time wrote a book on how to do any of this is absolutely mind-boggling. How at that time did I know enough to sit and type for however six weeks or whatever that was endlessly? And then people bought the book. I mean, they bought the book. They read the book. They theoretically learned how to podcast reading that book. Hopefully, this can just be the show Hopefully YouTube is recording. Well, actually, it's not YouTube. It's Twitch TV. Hopefully Twitch TV and my movie recording are going to be enough that we're just recording the show and this is the show. And you know what? You know what I mean? Maybe this is just uh, the show. Should we make this the show? Let's just damn the torpedoes. <sighs> this is the show. That's where I was supposed to be talking and saying things that sound like they're going to be on the show. Let's even do that again. Listen, again, you're getting to see behind the scenes of the show. You're getting a look into the mind of someone who really, honestly, is a complete incompetent, but kind of tries to pass himself off as someone that knows what they're doing. Sometime you should watch the show. If you have never watched this train wreck, you really owe it to yourself because you're missing probably 50% of what I'm doing wrong. You're only, if you're listening, you're, you're hearing, I'd say half. And then if you watch, you get to actually see the other half. I'm going to try this again with the theme song, not so loud. Uh, just, you know what? I, I'm going to, don't worry. Don't worry. I'm going to quit, uh, before next week. You know, this might all be funny if I was just kind of making it up. But the sad truth is, this is my actual life. Life. Hey, welcome. I hope this is the bitterest pill. My name is Dan Class. I am in my garage under the flight path at Los Angeles International Airport. We may or may not be recording the show. We'll see. This may be a performance for, I think, one person. I think someone, I think Austin, Austin is actually, Austin, dear Austin, I love you. You know I love you and I've always loved you.
I've been quiet about it until now, but Austin, let's be honest. I love you. So Austin is here. So at least whatever I do for the next however, half hour, hour, 45, whatever, at least Austin will have witnessed it. And that I think at this moment in my life is the main thing. Now, in theory, we're recording. In theory, I'm streaming video. In theory, there's a, trust me, there's a lot of theory. At least Austin is there, or he was there several minutes ago when he typed something into the chat room. The show is just whatever train wreck happens, right? Okay. Because see, I, I thought it would, would be a <laughs> this great idea to, uh, while I'm recording the show every week to video stream it because I thought it was in the realm of possibility for your uh, humble host to set up a video stream. Idiots all over the country, all over the world set up video streams every day. I can't listen. I wear glasses. I should be able to set up a video stream and stream the recording sessions of this stupid podcast, right? But every week it's something new. Now, the week, two weeks ago, two weeks ago, the problem was just me. And I'm fine with that. Two weeks ago, actually, the video went out fine. And I think we went out over Alpha Geek Media fine and everything recorded fine, except minor detail. I had somehow deleted the audio input. I know that's kind of major. I get it. But because I was also recording the show, I had the audio. And so the audio went out. It didn't go out, but I had it. So if I had had time to put the video together, I could have put the audio with a video. But instead, I just took the audio and made the podcast and, uh, you know, whatever. We're all better for it, aren't we? Austin, can you hear me? That's all I, I just need to know if Austin can hear me. And then we, we can press on. But, but what happens? So, so that happened. Let's go back. So two weeks ago that happened. So two weeks ago, the only problem was me. So one week ago, uh, March 17th, I was thrilled because I thought, listen, I've got everything set up. All I have to do is make sure my audio input thing is correct and I don't magically delete it. And then when I do the show, there will be sound and streaming. I got the lip sync worked out before last week. And then I don't know what happened last week, but the video, I don't know if it's just too much strain on this machine or what, but the video it's in sync and then it lags and then it's in sync and then it's lags and blah, 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 blah. And I've been so busy. I haven't even put, this is how busy I've been. I haven't even put out last week's show. And honestly, all it would take to do that, I'm pretty sure, is cutting the, sh- the stuff, the crap, the, uh, off the ends and uh, making it into an MP3. And I've been so busy legitimately busy that that hasn't even happened oh austin thank you austin i i needed you last week as a backup austin says he can see me and hear me fine so this week now my daughter's home on spring break hudson's in ventura 
which is, I guess, an hour northish of here, at a robotics competition. But but Toulouse here, and I've been in the garage since I, I think maybe ten o'clock, trying to make sure that the whole thing will work. And you know why? Because Austin, I wanted you to enjoy the show. Now, in doing that. Yeah. So in doing that, I don't even know what we're going to talk about. I had a pen. I did. Oh, here it is. I, I wrote down some vague notions of what we may or may not talk about. I have nothing to trust me. I have nothing to talk about. And yet we're going to think of something. Okay. So last week's show is coming. Hopefully you'll get what I'll do probably is finish recording the show and then, and then finally put out last week's show. And then <laughs> at some point, I don't know, maybe Monday at this rate, um, put out this show and then who cares? So, so before, I guess before we get on to stories, stories, I'm going to take a drink. I got to say, I really like the lighting this week. Can I just say, can I, as an aside, I changed the angle, I changed the angle of the camera. And I changed some of the lighting. And I put the camera on a table that is not the same table that I shake all the time. So when I shake the damn table and I pound on the table and I move and I hit it with my knee, the camera doesn't shake. Which I think will be good for your stomach. So. Now, I'm going to bring up a topic that is a su- the subject of much debate. And I'm not bringing it up to start an argument with you. I'm actually bringing up uh, bringing it up because I think it's a very polarizing topic, seemingly. But I wonder if there are more people like me that seem to be kind of actually in the middle about it. And that the topic is uh, the current situation between the Federal Bureau of Investigation and the Apple Corporation. Now we all know we all know the backstory. The the backstory is there are terrorist attacks. There are terrorist attacks all over the world, right? We just had another one in in Brussels. Before that, I think was the San Bernardino. So when the San Bernardino attacks happen, you know what I'm talking about. Apparently, the the police or somebody found an iPhone that belonged to one of the perpetrators of this particular attack. And there's been a lot of you know, right? There's been a lot of back and forth and gesticulating about whether the FBI should be able to demand that Apple break into that phone for them to get information about the planning of the terrorist attack and who planned it or who executed, who didn't plan it, whoever, right? All that stuff. If we could get into this jackass's phone, we might learn a lot about what's going on in our own country, outside of our own country, who's like, you know, been, uh, uh, radicalized towards yihad and who had, you know what I mean? Like there could be a lot of information on that phone. Now, it, it could also be a lot of selfies of this guy hanging around with a chicken, a burka. I get that, but it could, there could be valuable information in there as well as all his secret, like Yelp searches for strip bars and discotheques, but still. So, uh, on one side of this uh, debate that's going on is the FBI that says we should be able to get into that phone. And then Apple is saying, well, ho- no, you shouldn't. And a lot of humans, people, Americans 
are saying, no, you shouldn't. You sh- because if you get into that Apple iPhone, then you're going to be able to get into all our iPhones. And on a security level, we're not cool with that. But then on a personal level, we're not cool with that. And now we have groups of people that are petitioning and writing the FBI, petitioning and writing the president, petitioning and writing Apple, peti- right? Everybody's all, all uh, uh, about whether or not Apple should be able to or the FBI should be able to get into your phone. Now, if you know me, like if I were you, like if I were you and I knew me, how do I put this? Because <laughs> I'm me and I know what I think. But if I wasn't me and didn't know what I think, but I was still me, it doesn't really matter. I don't need to be me for this. And I could be you for this, what I'm about to say. So, so for what I'm about to say, let's pretend that I'm me. No, no. Let's pretend that I exist, but, th- but I, but I'm you. But if I'm you, then I think the way you think. Okay. Ah, <sighs> this is very complicated. Okay. I'm assuming that if I, the real me, we're not, we're not body shifting anymore. Okay. That's over. That didn't pan out. Me, me being you and you being me and us switching in some sort of weird, like, uh, right teen comedy thing. We're not doing that. That, that didn't pan out. I'm rethinking and now it's just, okay. So I'm me with my opinion and you're still you. You're back to being you without me in your body. You're just you and I'm me. Okay, so I would imagine, okay, there we go. This way we don't have to switch bodies. I would imagine that if I asked you what you think I think about that situation, I did it, wow. I imagine you would think I would be on the side of the FBI not gaining access to our phones and that I would be on the side of maintaining to the utmost degree internet slash digital slash iPhone security because you know me and so I assume you would assume that I don't want anyone seeing what I'm searching on Yelp and trust me, you don't want to know. And part of me, like I don't want people to be able to get into my iPhone. I don't. I want to be able to search for what I want to search for and watch what I want to watch and text what I want to text. And I want to, I want all that to be private and I want that to be private for you and I, uh, uh, and all that. And yeah, I'm a middle-aged man. So when there's a terrorist attack, there's a, there is definitely a little bit of me that's like, we should be able to do that. And then I'm like, "Eh, slow down. And we all go through that. Whatever, whatever our stance is, it's, you know, if you're on the stance of uh, kind of a conservatism, if you will, you probably become even more so. And then for me, who kind of slants a little liberal, when when there's a terrorist attack, I'm like, block the borders, take away everybody. You know what I mean? I'm less like, okay. And then, but then I get over it. So with the phones, it's been a long enough time, like I'm over it. But the truth of how I feel about this, and then the reason I bring it up really is to see if you're the same way. Or at least see how many people are the same way. Um, I never had the expectation that my phone was completely private. Period. And therefore, 
I have no expectation that the FBI should be kept out of my phone forever, no matter what I do. Okay? So as liberal as I am, or as like protective of our rights as I am, and I am protective of our rights, I don't want us to get scared and start giving up our rights. But for me, with the iPhone thing, I don't feel like I ever had that right. So I don't feel like I'm giving it up. I never deluded myself into thinking that my phone is this magic place, separate from everywhere else on the earth, where I can do things and keep things and say things and no one, right, can pull stuff out of there and use it against me in a court of law. Never had that delusional expectation of privacy because here's the thing. If the police have reasonable doubt or reasonable cause, excuse me, if the, if the police think I committed a crime or you committed, anybody committed a crime, let's not switch bodies. <laughs> but if the police or the FBI, or whoever, if they think I may have committed a crime and they have reasonable cause to think that uh, some evidence or a murder weapon or something is in my house, they just go get a warrant. They come in my house and they come in your house. Like, none of us have a special house that the cops can't come into unless, I don't know, maybe you're like a, a French diplomat or something. But but for an American, like a normal guy, like a little bald 50-year-old right guy with a microphone in his garage, trust me. I know that if for some reason the cops think that they need to come in and look for kitty porn or guns or who knows what, they're going to just get a warrant and bang, and they're in my house. The police, law enforcement, FBI, military, whatever, whether we like it or not, they can get access to your house, okay? If while you're driving around, they have reason to suspect that you have drugs in your car, you have a... a, a stow like a runaway child in your car you're committing a felony you're fleeing a felony you're right all those things they can get into your car and look around under circumstances right i mean obviously they can't just knock on the window like hey you look weird show me your stuff but there is a process to go through where they can do that now, when we used to have a telephone, now maybe I'm, this I could be wrong about, but I'm pretty sure. When I was a kid and we all had phones, we all had landlines. You had two of them in your house. One was in the kitchen. One was in your parents' room. It sucked because you wanted to talk to a girl. What are you going to do? Now, if you're me, you uh, cut a hole in the wall and you wire a phone into your bedroom. But that's me. That I used to be able to do. So, but when I was growing up in the 70s, 80s, whatever it was, 90s, when we still had landlines... And then I guess really when, then when we had wireless phones and then really for me, when I had a, even a cell phone, <coughs> I was under the impression that there were certain things you could not say on the phone, even though we have freedom of speech. I was always under the impression that, for instance, you couldn't make threats to the president of the United States over the phone to anyone. Now, I think that's because, you know, in movies, People can get your phone records. And I'm pretty sure they can do that, as you know, in real life. In movies and in real life, they can tap your phone. In movies and in real life, they can get all that stuff. Your phone records. Listen, you buy everything on a credit card. Anybody that wants to track your movements, they know where you've been because they know where you shopped. 
When I go to the grocery store and I swipe my membership card or put in my phone number, right, that is a list of everything I purchased that day. They can find out everything about you, right? If I have evidence that I'm trying to hide from the police and I insert it into my own rectum, the police, after a little bit of paperwork, can go up there looking for it. What is so special about my iPhone? Again, I never had the expectation of complete and total privacy. Listen, man, if the feds want to read my texts between me and my wife, whatever miscommunication we had about whatever kind of vegetable I was supposed to buy for the big family dinner, go for it, man. But I was never operating under this delusion that apparently a lot of people have been operating under that there is some magical special ironclad thing about your phone. You've got to be kidding me, man. You're living in a fantasy where the cops, the feds, the whoever it is, can't get into your phone ever. Where else? And I'm dying just as, just to understand this. I'm trying to think of an analogy that I can't think of. And the analogy would be, well, Dan, what you don't understand, your iPhone is like your, right? And so, therefore, they shouldn't have access to it. And I have no analogy because it's not like your house. It's not like your car. It's not like your rectum. They can search all of those places. They can give you a lie detector test to try to search your mind by listening to your heart, your blood pressure and all that, right? Now, I get I get that we don't. How do I put this? (laughs) Encryption is very important. To all of us, because when you swipe your credit card at the grocery store, when you're buying frozen peas and cauliflower and faye Greek yogurt and all that stuff, encryption is necessary in that transaction because your credit card is probably, I mean, I don't, I don't really know for sure, but I certainly assume your credit card is being sent via essentially the internet to somewhere. They're checking that you really have funds or credit or whatever, whatever, and then sending it for, right, right? Every time you Google search, every time you buy something, every time you sell something, every time you do a little, everything we do now in the 21st century requires encryption and internet security. And I get it. And I'm not saying that they should break the phone. I'm not saying that Apple should make software or hardware or whatever it, whatever it would take to get into our iPhones, I'm just saying I think we're all naive to think that anything ever will be as private as some people want their phones to be private. Right? I was listening to an interview of this writer who writes spy books or fantasy books or something. It was on one of those really NPR type podcasts, you know. And he was saying, well, you know, I just wrote a book about a guy who's into child pornography. That's what made me think of it earlier. I don't I don't want, you know, is well, you know, I, and I wanted to research how easy it would be to get or how easy, uh, you know, for a teenager to get into hardcore pornography. And I did that. And then, and, he, and he, the guy said, well, I was nervous because I, whatever in my phone and I don't want people in my phone and my phone. I'm like, but dude, any of us, you know, anything any of us do could be re- misconstrued by law enforcement at any time. So yeah, I mean, you know, be careful, be careful. Don't linger. When you're searching for your child porn, man, you know, 
And please, then you also have to write this book. You realize, right? Like, or else every pervert in the country will have like half a paragraph like, no, this is my child porn book. I've been, I've been working, I've been working on this child porn book since I turned 15. But no, that's why I have an amazing collection of illegal pornography. It's just, it's research. There's laws. So Austin says, uh, the phone they want access to was his work phone. He smashed his personal phone. Ah, wouldn't he have smashed the work phone if it truly had anything valuable? Yes, Austin. I think so. And number two, Austin says, isn't Apple's contention that the FBI is asking to create a tool that could be exploited by hackers, other government, etc., and that makes everyone less secure? Yeah, I, I believe that is the issue and, and definitely is why I am completely against them doing that. They can't do that because we will be, I think we will then be so open to hackers and not just like American teenage kid hackers, but like, you know, the right scheme, the right hackers in the right political climate with the right agenda could bring us to our knees yesterday, right? So the last thing we do need is for some, because so, that is the point, like they write something, somehow that gets hacked, it ends up in the wild, and then we're living uh, in caves with no cell reception, trust me. No good. All right, so that's as political as we're getting. Uh, Austin, I'm going to take a, a quick break for beverage. Excuse me, everybody, but listen to me drink. Oh, my God. Austin, I'm so happy this is working. It shouldn't be hard. I should just be able to come in here, plug everything in, turn it on, push a button, and do this show, right? That's not... That's really not asking that much. So... Really not sure what we're going to talk about today, although we've already been talking for almost like a half an hour, which is awesome. Um, because definitely, definitely one of those things I sat down to start the show and I was like, Oh my God, I got a call. We still have a rental car. What has it been like three weeks or something? I've been driving rental cars around. I drove my own car the other day. It was like heaven. Isn't that a wonderful feeling like when you've been on vacation or something and you get used to the rental car? You do. Eventually you just get used to it, but then you get back in your own car. Oh, that's probably the most American West Coast thing to say. I don't, I don't care. Oh my God. So yesterday, so my daughter's home from school again for, uh, like I said, from, for spring break. And apparently she has this paper that was due today. She was going to hand it in a day late, but she, b- 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 this paper on the Harlem Renaissance, she had to pick a, a notable figure from the Harlem Renaissance, write kind of a biographical paper. And because of her time constraints, she's very busy and whatever. She was a little behind. So she got permission to, from her teacher to hand it in today at her conference, her teacher conference, right? Which is a great plan. She didn't have it done. She was, or she had it done, but she was not happy with it. She felt like it needed more research or more specific writing or the language was off. There was something about it where she felt like it seemed like it was about a character, not a real, right? It was all that she was concerned. And so she decided to take the hit points wise on being late, but then work on it yesterday. Perfect. I'll be home. She's got the day off school. She's got nothing going on until dance with dance. It's like 6.30 or something on 
What day was yesterday? Wednesday? Yeah. So perfect, 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 perfect until she gets a cold. Now, apparently, and I didn't realize this, but when my daughter gets a cold, I was almost going to say when my daughter gets a, it's a cold, it's not like when my wife gets a cold because I can't even think of when my wife has had a cold. I mean, I'm sure she's had a cold, but my wife, Melissa, is, uh, I don't know if she's just like superhuman or something or I, like I, I'm trying to think of her having a cold like she. Yeah, I can't think of her having a cold. Apparently, when my daughter gets a cold, she's like me. Her brain shuts down. She whimpers a lot. She constantly is blowing out snot or sucking up snot. It's horrible. It's horrible. So this, what is essentially a, like a five-paragraph, six-paragraph essay that she had already had a draft or two of, that she already had done all her... Re- it took us what felt like ten hours to rewrite this essay. Now, it's an essay on modern... Uh, it was a... Me- it was a- Hi, how are you? It was an essay on abstract expressionist painter Norman Lewis. Okay? Now, Norman Lewis uh, was... I think a contemporary of Paul, I don't really, I didn't memorize the timeline, but I think he was really super active from the 40s, uh, maybe even until his death in the 70s, maybe the late 70s, I don't know. I think he was a contemporary of Jackson Pollock and those kind of uh, abstract artists, okay? But he was African American, and so at that time, uh, that world, as you can imagine, predominantly a Caucasian situation, right? Uh, so he, at that time, was kept out of a lot of shows that today he would have certainly been involved in, yada, yada, yada. So she she picked a very good topic, and we did some research, and we found out some great stuff or whatever. But the poor girl, no offense, baby, she couldn't think. She could talk, but she couldn't think in sentences. So all day I spent going, okay, baby, so Norman Lewis predominantly what, what? And then I just would list, I'm like, please, this is like Mad Libs, just I'm going to say words that will fit. You don't even have to think of words. I will just continue to go word by word. I'll list a bunch of words. You just choose one and then we'll do the next word. We'll get to the verb and then I'll have like five synonyms for whatever you need to be saying here. Cause honestly, it's not that complicated. And we'll go on and go about like that. Every word was a root canal esque nightmare of her having to talk the whole essay through to wrap her head around where we were. And I'm like, baby, it should either be extraordinary or astonishing or you know, something, I don't even care, mind-blowing, I don't, just please pick one of these adjectives now, Let, let's let not discuss his childhood again, because we're already talking about later in life when he had switched to, from realism, please, please baby, I don't need to spend 10 hours, I love you, 10 hours rewriting a paper on Norman Lewis, 
Haven't you learned how to write this kind of thing? You do the research. And then you essentially copy the facts about the research in your, that's all, that's all it is. That's all it is. If you want to come to your own conclusions, obviously you should do that, but most of it, the bulk of it has been written so many times it's almost floating around in the ether and just write, he was born in his childhood, in his parents, in his education, in his inspiration, and then he was an adult, and then he painted, and then he switched the kind of painting he did, and then he today, Norman Lewis is potentially more successful than ever. His painting is well. It recently, I'm spoon feeding you everything. Please just accept my. Stop trying. Stop. Just stop fighting it. Go blow your nose and let's finish. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So we don't even make it through the whole. So literally mom comes home. It's dinner time. We're like, oh, my God. Melissa gets uh, peeved at us because Tulu hasn't taken a shower yet. Tulu hasn't taken a shower because we've been writing about Norman Lewis for almost half a day. Not a waking hours day. Trust me, it feels like the entire waking hours day, but literally, okay. So I go pick up some Chinese food. I get back, we eat. And my, oh, and my daughter fell asleep for about an hour and a half. Thank God I got to talk to my friend Pete. After dinner, because apparently there's a, there was a paragraph that we missed. After dinner, she's like, la, 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 type, 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 right, right, right. This is awesome. We'll finish this up. She's just wailing through that thing. After I pulled teeth all day, all day on this essay. Then we go to into the conference today. And she has to hand it in. So she hands in her first draft and then this is her second draft and some notes or whatever. And the teacher says, okay. And then, you know, later on when you do your published draft, then we'll do, uh, work on this and this and this. And I'm like, oh my God. I have been perp- personally curating every piece of punctuation in this stupid thing. Every transition, every word. I have been treating this like she was going to be done. And you're telling me that this is just a a draft? I mean, I know we were calling it a draft, but we were writing drafts. I didn't know it was a draft to hand in. We handed in a draft. Ten hours of essentially shoving my daughter through middle and high school English composition writing. Honey, have you ever heard the expression, tell them what you're going to tell them, tell them, tell them what you told them? No. Oh, my God. What are they teaching you in that school for almost $30,000 a year? Anyway, so you would know this if I had put out last week's show, but last Thursday, a week from today, last Thursday, in my world, it's Thursday. I don't know when I'm getting this out to you. I'm sorry. Last Thursday was Hudson's uh, 17th birthday. <coughs> and, uh, <coughs> excuse me, I've been, I'm still sick. Maybe you don't know that I've been sick. I was sick last week. I'm still a little sick. Um, 
So last Thursday was his birthday. So we went out to breakfast. We had a good time because he has a big, a big um, break in the middle of the day on Thursdays because he goes to school so early and then he's got a big break and blah. So anyway, I really feel like I need to take a break and blow my nose, but not exactly set up for that. I wonder if I should just leave. Should I just leave and just leave you here? Would that be fun? The lava lamp is on. Can you see the lava lamp? Is that in the shot even? I'll go blow my nose in a second. I think I have to. That's embarrassing. So, I'm going to try to tell a story about my son and some of his friends, in a way, without violating anyone's privacy. So, I'm not going to tell stories about specific people, or at least I'm going to try not to. Because my son's life is his life, and if he wants it to be fodder for things, that's kind of up to him. So I'm going to try to tell the story of his birthday party, but from my point of view only. Does that make sense? I think it makes sense. Okay, we've never done this before. Let's do this. Ready? Okay. Okay, listen. I know this is weird, but how many people do you know that do these things by themselves? Right. And I, I don't mean to keep harping on that, but that is the truth is like, what am I, 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 I don't think I'm going to be able to make it through the, this story, uh, without sneezing on the camera. If I don't like step outside and, and get some kind of Kleenex or something. Okay. I would show you a movie, but every time I do that, it crashes the system. So, okay. I'll be right back. I'm going to leave you with a lava lamp. I think. Okay. Ready? Yeah. This is from our new mixtape. It drops. When it drops. I don't know. When do things drop? Do things still drop on Tuesdays? Alright, that's going to end in 15 seconds. Don't worry. I had to go get my Kleenex. Only the finest facial tissue will do. For those of you uh, watching, the people watching can see that I'm holding up a... uh, well, it's Kleenex. It's very expensive Kleenex. It comes in a gold box. It's 14 ply. It's made uh, actually out of satin. It's very nice. Not really. So, what are we talking about? Hudson's party? So, I'm trying to, th- I, again, because I don't want to get in trouble, but really, this is all I can think of to talk about. So, we'll see what happens. So, one of Hudson's uh, friends, a female friend, or not a female friend, okay, M- maybe, listen, maybe it's someone he's dating, maybe it's not, I don't know, you understand, it could be a boy or a girl, it may be someone he's dating or not someone he's dating, but someone in, okay, some random person in Hudson's life that you would never imagine would have this idea. Are you following me? Had the idea to throw Hudson, he's my, that's my son, a surprise birthday party. Now, I don't know what it is. I don't don't know if it's just that we really like this friend of Hudson's or this particular person is very persuasive or what, but we agreed to plan and throw a surprise party for Hudson. Knowing full well that our son 
being my son does not like surprises of any kind. And when I say he does not like surprises, this will put it into context for you. Our son considers it a surprise when you don't tell him early in the day something you're doing later in the day. You know what I mean? Like you, he wants to know at breakfast if something's going on in the evening. He wants to know if people are going to come over. That's like a two week thing of just emotional preparation. He is not spontaneous guy. No, a lot of his friends are. A lot of his friends are like, I don't know, we're going to get together or not or whatever. Cause, cause usually on Thursday, I'll say, Hey, do you have plans to go out with your friends? And he's like, I don't know, man. I never know. And so he often uh, lives in this world where he doesn't know what's going to happen, but needs to know what's going to happen. But then, then something happens and then it's all fine. But there's always that anticipation and doubt that nothing's going to happen. So he does not like surprises. But again, this friend of his, I, I don't know what voodoo happened. But we're just, we just, yeah, sure. Well, let's do it. Yeah, that'll be fun. And, 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 you know, over several days, we decide, listen, we'll just do it at the house. We'll do it in the backyard. Everything will be fine. And we'll bring in some whatever. Okay. So we completely, all of us, the three or so of us just kind of in our minds, like, okay, let's ignore the fact that Hudson really does not like anything surprising ever whatsoever. And let's just go on our merry way. So Melissa and I, obviously being the adults and having credit cards, uh, we're in charge of food and beverages and stuff like that. And then the friend or friends are in charge of showing up and, you know, eating the food and drinking and all that. No, the friends, the friends are going to bring, um, a projector. They want to show a movie or something in the backyard and they're going to bring, um, and they're going to set up the whole ruse. And all that stuff, right? So this is great. So at first they were going to show Star Wars, and then I guess later on they decided it was going to be Ferris Bueller. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. He he loves Ferris Bueller. That'll be fun. You guys put, put the movie on in the backyard. I'll bring out, I've got a bunch of stereo equipment I keep in the garage studio. We'll bring that outside. It'll, yeah, it'll be great. It'll be great. So Melissa and I decide, that before we commit to the backyard, we're like, and, and again, you... If you are listening to this in order, these shows in orders, you, you know this. We redid the patio that's just outside the studio here. We had the whole patio ripped up and then rebuilt in a way with cement. So no one's chair would fall through the gravel and they would break the chair or the cement because that's what would happen. You sit in the chair, the leg, one, one of the four legs gets caught in the gravel and then you try to move the chair and then the, the leg breaks and then you fall down. And you know, you don't want people falling down from chairs when they're at a party at your house. That's just not cool. So, so we did that. Not that we exactly had four grand laying around burning a hole in any of our pockets or bank accounts or anything like that, but we're like, well, we got to do it. We never use the patio anymore because of the stupid pavers are all lopsided and gravel everywhere and all that. So let's just do it. So we did it. So that's what was going on, right? Last week. So the plan for that was, so the, the guy that did his name is Martin. And Martin said he could start Monday and it would take two days 
maybe three days. And then you could use the patio pretty much immediately. If not, then the next day. Okay? That was the plan. Now, the party's on Saturday. So if we start Monday, and it takes two days, Monday, Tuesday, maybe three days, Wednesday, then you can use it either right away Wednesday or the next day Thursday. That's awesome because the party isn't even until Saturday, right? Finally, we actually thought to do it with enough notice. And we called the guy to do it and he was available. And he said the time frame would work perfectly. We actually freaking did something. kind of at the last minute. Let's not get ourselves, but not so at the last minute that we're in a panic. So this is at least one thing, as long as the check clears, that we don't have to worry about, right? Now, because my schedule is what it is, you know, I'm free to go to, you know, go shopping at Costco, go shopping at uh, Ralph's or whatever, do this, do that, blah, 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 while a bunch of other things are going on. And I don't even remember what the hell was going on last week that was so time-consuming that I didn't even get a chance to put out the show. You know what I mean? It was like that kind of week. Or no, that was this week. Well, it was last week too. So during the week, I would buy stuff for the party. And I would hide it in the garage. Now, I couldn't hide it in the studio, which was where we usually hide things, because you can't hide anything from Hudson now in the studio because he keeps coming in here and working on, I don't know what. I think he's recording an album. He says he's recording music. For all I know, he's in here surfing the internet and just pretending like, you know what I mean? He's completely got a snowed. Music is very private, so you don't play that for your parents when you're 17, trust me. But now this is no longer a hiding place. Especially I took a bunch of stuff out of here. I'm hoping to do more. So it's as it gets thinned out in here and it's less of a junkyard, you, you just can't hide anything in here. So I was hiding things in the back of the garage. I just stacks of... I, I bought soda and all these things for dessert and all this stuff. And I just stack them out there and was covering them the, with this uh, sound material that my neighbor gave me. Did I tell you about this? So across the street, I think I told you this. Across the street, I have this really cool neighbor that I don't see that much named Fabian. All right. He doesn't live across the street because now I've just told you where he lives. Sorry. All right. In the neighborhood. Listen, man, Fabian lives nearby. He lives like across the street and down a couple. Okay. Fabian uh, gave me all this stuff. And I love Fabian. Fabian is the guy that I think I told you about who may have designed Thor's hammer. He's that guy. Like all sorts of cool, like uh, Hawkeye arrows and Thor's hammer. Like he he did a lot of design work on the Avengers. Um, I think now he's working on Fast and Furious 18 or something. So anyway, he gave me the... So I, I was using this sound foam... Uh, as a shield, like pretending it was just a stack of foam that I just kind of threw when really underneath is all the food and drinks for the party. But the question becomes, how do you throw, because you're going to throw a party now for Hudson and you're going to invite a bunch of his friends from school. So now, (laughs) because, how do I put this? Okay, I'll, let's cut to the chase. Hudson doesn't like cake. 
Okay. We're throwing a party for a young man, a birthday party, who does not like cake. Ergo, we are not going to buy a birthday cake, which is not a problem. Obviously, uh, us doing something non-traditionally is not new. What is new is because if you're not going to buy a cake, that's fine. But what are you, you going to buy? What are you going to serve at a birthday party that's not cake that can stand in for cake when you're inviting 15 or 20 people that kind of assume they're going to a birthday party and if there is some sort of baked dessert thing, it's going to... Uh, 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 cake, right? Now, I don't know how anybody did this before cell phones and camera phones and all that stuff. So it was basically one of those trips where I go to Costco and shop and call my wife and discuss and hang up with my wife and then try to find something else and then take a picture of something and send it to my wife. And she looks at the picture and she texts me back and then I text her back and then she calls me and then I call her back. and Even though, you know, Costco has dodgy cell service at the best of times. But what do you get? He doesn't like cake. He doesn't like ice cream cake. He likes vanilla ice cream. Not vanilla-ish, not vanilla with things in it, vanilla ice cream. He likes these things called Madelines. You know what Madeline cookies? They look like a seashell. They're made mostly of sugar and butter. Can you tell he likes kind of blandish in that area, in the dessert area? So he likes vanilla ice cream and Madelines. And that's pretty much it for dessert. That's like his thing. And then I can't keep track of anything outside of that, except he does like snickerdoodles, <clears throat> which are a cinnamon cookie, right? I don't need any of this stuff. I'm I'm Johnny Chocolate. Give it to me in ice cream. Give it to me in cake. Give it to me in, well, I'm a little over fudge, but you know, cupcake, a brownie, a this, a that, a cookie. I don't care if it's chocolate, right? We're done. We're fine. Which means I can't kind of inherently know what he likes. I have to intellectually remember like uh, vanilla, like vanilla ice cream. I would not. Ugh. I would so rather not eat any ice cream than eat vanilla ice cream. I can't even tell you. So we were hoping that I'd go to Costco. I'd find, you know, Costco. you have Costco, right? Co- if you're in Europe, Costco is one of those big warehouse places and you give them like a $100 or whatever it is a year so you can go in and then the prices are super low. And basically, I think they make all their money on the membership. I don't think they really make any money marking up the goods. I don't know. But Costco, at least used to, sell these huge muffins. So we were hoping maybe we could go in there, find these huge muffins... Muffin? Is that the word I'm looking for? Yeah, they're not cupcakes, they're muffins. What the difference is, I guess, what is the difference between a cupcake and a muffin? That a cupcake has frosting on the top and the muffin doesn't? I mean, is that really the semantic divide? So I want to find these muffins because cupcakes are for girls, right? You don't want to, we're not having cupcakes at a 17-year-old boy's thing, right? Okay. I'm praying that Costco has these huge muffins and that they have chocolate ones and I don't give a crap what flavor and hopefully something cinnamony, 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 that he will want to eat. 
And so then we're just going to get a bunch of chocolate ones, a bunch of blueberry or whatever flavor. I don't give a crap. And the cinnamon ones and just be done. Now, you know how I am. This is the source of amazing amounts of anxiety. I have buy food for other people anxieties. I have prepare food for other people anxieties. And I have throw a party for people. Like, I just, none of this is exciting to me. I mean, I want to, I, I mean, I'm not an asshole. Excuse my French. I want to throw a party for my son, but it's like, uh, do we have to throw a party? You know what I mean? It's that kind of thing. So much deliberation, much thinking between me and Melissa, much back and forth. And she has a job she's trying to do while we're doing all this. We decide on what? Oh, yeah. So we're going to buy Madelines. You can buy a lot of Madelines at Costco. So we're going to buy a lot of Madelines. And then for people that don't like Madelines, we're going to buy also a lot of these little brownie bites to look like muffin stumps basically like tiny chocolate muffin stumps okay and then sometimes like at halloween time or in at thanksgiving time we get this pumpkin bread mix at costco that hudson likes that also right so we're like oh wait he also likes pumpkin so we're gonna get pumpkin mix but they don't have pumpkin mitts because it's march march is not halloween we eat pumpkin at halloween to thanksgiving maybe christmas and then it's over so there's no, right? So, just to add to the list of things we're doing besides par- buying party goods and plates and pl- we got to bring out the music and we got to get the Madeline on, is now apparently my wife decides she's going to bake pumpkin muffins from scratch using canned pumpkin that we buy at the expensive gourmet grocery store because it's the only place that currently carries pumpkin in a can, because it's the only place apparently in the area where it's still fall. So the the ruse is, and we keep going back and forth. Now, at one time, the ruse to get Hudson out of the house was going to be, Hudson and I, you know, frequently talk about Batman versus Superman. And we kept saying how we didn't want to see it. And then we kept saying, well, we're kind of curious. So I say to my wife and his friend, I'll just say to Hudson on Saturday, hey, listen, man, let's just go see Batman versus Superman. What the heck? We'll go in the afternoon. It'll be cheap. We can make fun of it. If it's no good, we'll be surprised if it's good. It'll be awesome, whatever. And then come to find out that I have my dates completely wrong and Batman versus Superman is coming out like tomorrow, like this tomorrow, not last week tomorrow. So then we're trying to think, well, should I say we're taking him to a comic book store? So finally, so his friend just says, no, forget it. Listen, I'll just say he and I are going to go out to dinner and have a nice dinner at some place near your house. So, and this was all they're doing. I'll say we're having dinner at that place over on the other side of Westchester. So I got to come to your house, right? And I'll say we're going to, so that was the plan. So it's, he thinks that he's going out to dinner, like a one-on-one dinner. At like 8 o'clock or something. And that the friend is going to come over around 7.30 and then they're going to go over. So my wife comes up with this idea. She's going to tell Hudson to come with her to look at eyeglasses for herself. Because they don't spend time together. And I'm like, oh my God, this. Is this going to like how 
How do you get your 17-year-old son out of the house on a night where he thinks he has a birthday date to go to Venice with you to look at glasses that aren't even for him? So the plan works. Because I thought we maybe needed a backup plan for that ridiculous idea. It turns out it wasn't a ridiculous idea at all. It worked perfectly. He got in the car and they drove away. He went with my wife, his mother, Melissa, to Venice to look at eyeglass frames. Now, truthfully, they don't get to spend that much time together. So that was that was the thing. It was like, listen, we don't get to spend time together. We'll talk. We'll college, whatever, life. Uh, uh, okay. So, Melissa goes, Hudson goes. Tulu, our daughter, and I are here. And then a couple minutes later, standing by, the friend arrives because the friend is, you know, nearby and just kind of waiting. So we're like, he's gone. Text, text. So they show up. They've got the projector. They've got their laptop for music, which is great. Although I had set up a Spotify playlist for H, but they're like, nope, I've got the music set up. It's on my computer. Great. I'm like, okay, where do you want to set up back here? Okay, where's the projector going to go? Well, back here. And the friend keeps saying things like, well, do you have an extension cord? And I keep saying things like, yeah, I'm a homeowner. You think, yeah, yeah, don't worry about, don't worry. And an extension, I don't know what it was. Extension cords kept coming up. Well, if you don't have an extension cord, maybe my mom can bring one. I've got 50 extension cords. I just need to finish. I mean, it was like, it was almost like being with my wife. Like, honey, it's not that I'm not going to do what you need done. I'm still doing the last thing I said I would do. And every time you ask for an extension cord, I say that I've got plenty. Please stop suggesting that your mother drive here with an extension cords. Are you, are you just nervous about the, that's what it is again? And I don't know. Maybe, if, maybe I have a little bit of, uh, Asperger's or something. Do normal people in that situation know that the other person is just nervous about a situation and do you automatically translate everything they say into that? Or do you do what I do? Like, why are you bugging me about extension cords? Because I feel like my wife and I are in that situation all the time where what's going on on the surface isn't what's going on at all. At all. For me, usually what's going on on the surface is really just what's going on on the surface. Like if I say I'm hungry, that's really what's going on. I'm hungry. So maybe it's a, maybe it's a male. Th- I, I don't know what it is, <clears throat> but, I, but I often find myself like after something has happened going, Oh, maybe they were just, you know what I mean? That kind of thing. Like I constantly have to translate what the hell you're doing into like psych 101 something, right? So they're setting up the projector and I bring out the sound stuff and we get it all situated. <laughs> and somehow, thankfully, the friend is is getting a Wi-Fi signal, even though all the equipment, and I don't know what we were thinking, is behind the garage. Behind the garage, which basically puts the maximum number of walls between the Wi-Fi router, which is in the front of the house, in the living room, and the laptop that's supposed to be playing the Hudson music for the party. But it's work. It's working. It's working. It's working fine. She puts on some music. 
he or she, whoever it is, whoever this person is that was here, some random friend, I don't even know their name, whatever. So then some other friends show up and they're, um, oh, and I had to run and get ice before the friends showed up, which that worked out great. So my daughter and the friend, they've got the gate open. We've got a sign up that says, go around the back. Friends are showing up on time. Everybody's great. Everybody's great. And, and Hudson really does. I mean, God bless him. He does have great friends. Um, I'm just cy- cycling through things that I should skip <laughs> to stay out of trouble. You know what I mean? So, oh, and then in, in all this, <clears throat> it's classic. We were worried that everybody would get cold. And Melissa, for years, has wanted to buy a heat lamp. Now, I don't know, maybe you don't bother with heat lamps out where you are. But because our weather is pretty good for so long during the year, a lot of people have heat lamps. And it's just this big thing with a gas fire at the top that you light and then the the heat kind of comes down. You know, it, it bounces off a metal hat, basically, and then you know, makes your table warm, right? And you're warmer and you can be outside later at night or in the night or whatever. The f- spring months, the fall months, because you've got this heater. So Melissa wants a heater. Melissa wants a heater. We never really got around to buying one. We, we, we bought one that we didn't keep, but so she orders one and I haven't had time to open it up and put it together. So basically, we tell Hudson, because we have to explain why we seem to be in such a rush to fix the patio. We tell Hudson, hey, listen, your grandparents are coming for Easter. We got to get the patio done for Easter because, you know, your grandfather put his leg, chair leg in the gravel and it's right. Okay, so we can't do that. So we're using the same excuse like, hey, man, I need you to help me fix, uh, uh, put together the heat lamp. So he did. So Hudson basically put together the heat lamp for his birthday party. Score one for parents. So the friends are all there. The music's playing. The beverages are on ice. They're in the cooler. The snacks are out, like the chips type snack, that level of snack, chips and salsa and that kind of thing. It's out. It's ready. The lights have all been... I hung up new... Cafe lights, so my wife is happy that now every single light is up and on. That this light, that that thing, and the projectors in play, everything's great. So now the plan is... I'm going to go to the front door and pretend that I'm fixing it. And that Hudson and Melissa cannot come in the front door. Because I'm in the middle of something very important. And you know, dad, don't, okay, let's just go around. It'll be easier. So then they're going to go through the gate in the driveway and then surprise, everyone's there. So they pull up. We know they're coming because, you know, I've been texting back and forth with Melissa. They pull up and I say, oh, guys, so sorry. I'm I'm in the middle of working on the door. The thing came loose or whatever. Can you guys go through the gate? Uh, I'm almost done. So they, so the plan is, right, go through the gate. Ah. So as they're going through the gate, and I'm following closely behind because I have to get a tool or something. Um, you know, it's always some detail that you would never think of 
until someone else thinks or until it backfires and then you're like, oh yeah, that was pretty obvious. So Hudson walks up to the gate and something catches his eye in the window to the laundry room. And through the window of the laundry room, you can see through the door of the wind, uh, the door of the laundry room that goes out to the back. So basically he can see on a weird diagonal that cuts through the house part of the backyard. And sees one of the guests of the party standing out there with a poop-eating grin, waiting for him to come through the gate so they can yell surprise. Great. So he is surprised, though, because he did think he was going to just go out to dinner. So, now listen, in general, the party was a huge success. I think everybody had a lot of fun. I think it also had kind of very requisite teen, like harmless teen drama because this one wants to leave earlier and that one doesn't want to leave earlier and that one's, uh, you know what I mean? And also just, maybe it's easier for some kids, but for Hudson, he he has two or three groups of friends. He has his robotics friends and his uh, like school play friends and then his friend, like friends from that he meets from friends over here, friends. And they don't necessarily, even though the, the school they go to is literally microscopic, they don't necessarily know each other or necessarily hang out. So there's always, you know what I mean? Like every party, like it's just, you can't even, even something like this where you're only inviting this finite little group of people and they're all friends with i mean i would have the same problem like well who oh yeah because these friends don't know you know what i mean you're just that's why you like narrow cast these parties now right now as we were setting up the party now my wife had it in her head that we should put our table oh so that was the other thing so remember how the patio was supposed to be done and it was supposed to be usable by thursday morning at the latest well, it took them a little longer, and so my wife and the guy, Martin, had their little walkthrough on Friday morning so he could get his check and she could approve everything and all that. And as they're doing the walkthrough, thinking she's asking a somewhat rhetorical question, my wife says, oh, and, and so it's okay if we put the chairs and the table and everything back up on this patio. That's not going to hurt anything. And, and the guy's like, oh, uh, 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 uh. You know, you, well, you really should let it sit for a couple of days. We're like, F, great. So let me get this straight. We did all this. We paid all this. We rushed all this. It's here. It's theoretically dried cement. But we can't put the table and chairs that belong on it. The table and chairs for which this entire thing exists Upon the cement. That's what, that's, yes, that's, mm, that's what you're saying. So we decide to put the table down on this other, we have this other concrete slab that's been there for 40 years. I don't know. It's just, it's literally just a rectangle of concrete over on the other side of the lawn, right? And my wife keeps saying, and then we'll put the chairs around it and then we'll put the snacks on it. And I'm like, who do you think is going to sit in those chairs around the table? And my wife says, well, why wouldn't they? And I say, because there's six chairs and about 15 guests 
and they're 16, 17, 18 years old. And what are they going to sit and like have a chips dinner party? Like, are you kidding? So she gets pretty bent because I'm arguing with her because you should never argue with upper management. But she left with Hudson and I'm there with the friend who's helping set up. And, and I say, so listen, so Melissa was thinking we just put the chairs around here. And the friend's like, we're not going to sit there. So I said, okay, well, Tulu and I are going to move the chairs. Where should we put them? Should, can we put them? And, and the friend is like, we're going to sit on the ground. I mean, you can put the chairs wherever you want. Teenagers sit in a circle on the ground. And I'm like, really? Yeah. So let me get this straight. We have now, so we put Adirondack chairs up on the new cement because apparently that will be less damaging than this whole dining thing, right? We have chairs, or Adirondack chairs and a lamp light and thing and a thing and this other thing over there for people to sit or hang out, whatever. We have these tree stumps in this area that have been meticulously measured, cut, saved, arranged. Those are for sitting for like hanging out and talking. We have the slab that now has the chair, uh, table and then the serving table. We could put chairs there. No one is going to use any of these areas. You're all going to sit on the grass in a circle. She's just say, yeah. So Hudson comes. They yell surprise. They eat chips, they give him gifts, they listen to music. Fairly immediately, there's a call for pizza. So we arranged for the whole pizza thing. We buy all this pizza. It's starting to get dark, but the lights are on. It looks kind of cute. You know what I mean? We've got these security lights that go on and kind of light the areas. But there's still dark areas. It looks good, man. There's cafe. It's great, right? So they're eating their pizza. And then the friend that helped organize the whole thing is like, oh, great. Now, where's the cake? We're like, well, there is no cake. And he's like, you didn't didn't buy cake? And we're like, no, because he won't eat cake. Well, did you get ice cream cake? And we're like, well, no, because he won't eat ice cream cake. He will not eat cake and he will not eat ice cream cake. Anything... That says cake in it, he will not eat. Maybe, nope, not even a cupcake. No cake. That's it. Maybe a crab cake. He would eat a crab cake before a birthday cake. So the friend has tapped directly into my cake neuroses. So even though I'm supposed to be eating the salad that I got for myself from the pizza place, I go in the house and start trying to fashion Madeleines and chocolate brownie bites on a plate into sort of a cakeish shape. So when I present it, people will at least understand like, okay, this is the cake. It's just not a cake. It's Madeleines and like, I get it. Okay. This is the, you understand? So my wife thinks I'm crazy because I'm literally, I'm like making a circle wall of Madeleines and then inside that wall, I'm putting the brownie bites, but then on top of the Madeleines, I'm putting some more chocolate bites and then around the, uh, 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 uh. So eventually they're done with the pizza. They're done with the, I don't know, maybe they touched the salad. I don't know. 
we bring out the cookies and whatnot. I think they enjoyed those. I have no concept of how many I stacked into that cake shape, so I don't know if anybody ate any of that stuff. But then comes this very long process of resetting up the projector. I don't want to get into that. I don't know. I don't want to know. I kept offering to help, but my wife and I had been given orders to minimize our presence. Not that anything was even going on. I thought, oh, if they're going to try to like, what are they going to do? They're not going to do anything. Trust me. They're not going to do anything back there. And every time I went back, trust me, nobody was doing anything. But they're having some sort of trouble angling the projector or whatever. I don't know. So I kind of gave up because we were not needed, right? So I'm sitting on the sofa. I'm eating my salad, watching Frasier. And I love Frasier, but my daughter watches Frasier all day long. Every once in a while, I need to not hear Kelsey Grammer. But I don't have it in me to argue with her after the day that I feel like we've had. I just, right, okay, so I'm eating my salad, and then Hudson and his friend come in the house and start getting blankets and towels. And they want to sit on the towels, and they want to wrap the blankets around themselves. So so my wife helps them with that. Then they come back in, and they want to heat the blankets in the dryer before they take them out. Now, up until this point, I'm trying to be cool, accommodating dad, and apparently that is now over. And I just turned to Tulu, who's 12, and I go, have they not heard of, like, heat radiation? Like, you're supposed to wrap it around. The heat comes from inside the blanket. The heat doesn't come from the blanket. The heat comes from your body and is trapped. Do you understand? Like you, you're really in your mid to late teens and you don't know how your blanket works. So they have filled the dryer with blankets because they're cold outside. So I don't remember if it was me or Melissa. One of us looks outside and sees that there's the heater you know, the heater, the outdoor heater, the whatever you call that heater, the outdoor, what, what is it called? Doesn't it have a name? The heater that Hudson and I put together, that Melissa and I paid 150 bucks for or 200 bucks, whatever it was, is over by the table that they're not using where the pizza is. And there are two or three teenage girls huddled underneath it, shivering, and everyone else is cold over here in the dark on the f- ground Not even in the white plastic chairs that I scrubbed for days. If you leave white plastic chairs outside for 10 years, in a backyard super close to a major airport, they will be covered with a black, sticky, oily, horrible gunk that only comes off using, well, basically steel wool. So I brilloed white plastic chairs for hours last week. No one is using those chairs. They're freezing sitting on the ground. Now, what I don't know, Hudson told me the next day, is they also are all complaining about being bitten by bugs. 
And I wonder why they're being bitten by bugs because I keep saying, but we don't have, like they keep saying they're being bitten by mosquitoes. And I keep saying, we don't have mosquitoes. And Hudson said, yeah, we have mosquitoes. And then my wife is even saying, yeah, we have mosquitoes. And I'm like, I have lived here since 1988. I don't think, I mean, no, I can't think of ever seeing a mosquito one time. You may be seeing flying insects and you may be being bitten by something, but I, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's not mosquitoes. Mosquitoes require water. Don't they? And by water, I mean fresh water, preferably still fresh water. This is Los Angeles. We have seawater and we have no water. We don't have standing fresh water. It's not mosquito territory. This isn't Florida, right? So they're all out there freezing and being bitten by bugs because they want to sit on towels to watch a movie when there's two or three other places they could be watching a movie sitting on chairs up above the ground where it's cold and where the bugs do live. At a certain point, you're just watching the clock. No offense, guys, but it's not our party, so we can't participate in the party. Every once in a while, I go out, I guess, and get a diet root beer because I'm thirsty and I'm just like, I I, I know. But eventually, I'm just watching the clock and hoping for the sound level to die. Every once in a while, when I'm in the kitchen, I'll listen to see what part of Ferris Bueller they're on. So I'm just waiting for that yellow song, the oh yeah song, because doesn't that mean the movie's over? Oh, yeah. But finally, most of them do go. Now, the party was supposed to be over at 1030. And that's what I told the neighbors. And for the most part, the outdoor part of the uh, party was over about that time. Because both our neighbors, and they're great people... But they have little kids, so you don't want to have a teenage party with laughing and screaming and swearing and God knows what else too late, too long, too often when you've got like literally little girls living on both sides of you, right? But eventually the bugs or the cold or the time or whatever, everybody pretty much left, except there was like this core group of maybe five kids that hung around in Hudson's room. One of them was very talkative for a long time. And in my attempt to be cool dad, when I know I'm not cool dad, that's why I try so hard to be cool dad, because I'm not cool dad. So I'm like, just don't, just don't, don't say anything. Don't be snarky about it. Don't kick everybody out. Don't just, everyone, everyone knows. Everyone knows the parameters. Everybody knows the drill. Everybody knows. Just don't. Because eventually everyone's going to go. So eventually everyone's gone but Hudson's friend. And I mean, honestly, I am so tired by this point. I don't have the energy to police and just like, you've got, please, there's only one more. Can we all go to bed? I can't go to bed until everyone's gone. And I really need to go to bed. 
because I have to get up so early to take Hudson to school and I stay up so late helping Tulu with her homework. I am freaking fried. So please go to bed. Or Mr. I just gave up. Melissa went to bed. Tulu went to bed. And Hudson was still in his room. And you know, doors are open. You know, we're not we're not worried about anything untoward going on in our house, under our roof, all that any of that. We're we're not you know, it's not that thing. I knew they were just hanging out, probably watching videos or chit-chatting or who knows what. But you know, it had been a success. I think. I mean, there were definitely times when Hudson would come in the house and he had this look on his face like, why am I hosting a birthday party? I thought I was going to just be out to dinner, ordering pasta and Sprite. But he's a good guy. And the anxiety he was feeling was because he wanted to make sure all his friends were having fun. And he was worried that the Robros didn't know the drama kids. And not all his friends knew the Robros. And he was worried that, you know, people's butts were cold. And people's butts were food. And he didn't want to upset his mom or his dad or his sister. And he didn't want any of his friends to upset his mom or dad or sister. And it felt really bad that we kind of thrust that on him. But I also felt really happy because I think he really did have a good time. And I think it was very important for him just to see that many people in our backyard on his behalf. Alright, that's been the bitterest pill for this week. Uh, recorded March. I don't know what day is this. The twenty second or something. It's been a long show. I got I got three minutes to get the hell off the air. Holy cow! It's the twenty fourth. I had no idea this was going to go on this long. I thought this was going to be like a twenty minute show. Anyway, thank you for downloading the show. If that's what you've done, thank you uh, for visiting the show while it was on the air. If that's what you've done, I think Austin. I don't know if Austin hung out. I think Dave Jacobs, uh, our good old friend Dave Jacobs, stopped by. So anyway, thank you to all of you. Uh, I'm going to have to wrap up the show off the air, I think. Let's quickly do this while we're still in the air. Oops, that's not it. That's the wrong thing, man. Everything looks the same. There it is. 
special thank you to all our Patreon patrons. Please, if you can, support the show on Patreon, uh, like so many people do, including uh, Harold Goldner, Megan, Jeff Short, Sh- Jeff Short, Harold Goldner, ba- uh, Rob Houston, Dave Jackson, Harold Goldner, Mike Hamilton, Harold Goldner, Flores, Tom Carroll, David Chase, and Gerard Cortinez, and Harold Goldner, Chris Class, Scott Mercer, Harold Goldner, and so many more. Uh, if you want to support the show on Patreon, just go to uh, patreon.com slash danclass. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Uh, this show, of course, streaming uh, theoretically on Alpha Geek Media. Thank you, Alpha Geek Media. I think uh, we actually did it, but I better hurry up and sign off before I run out of uh, time. Yep, I got to get off the air. Okay, so hang in there because there's a little bit more of the show. If you're watching or listening, just one minute. I gotta just push a button. I don't want to make any trouble, man. Here we go. All right, let's get off the air. Ready? Here. Let's do this. All right, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. This is... The Bitter's Pill is produced by Jacket Media, makers of fine podcasts since 2004.